so glad you're here this morning for discipleship. Those of you that are sitting on the edge, we're going to ask that you come in to the middle section here just, just for discipleship, and we will then go into our morning worship um, here after that. But if you guys can just join us here in this middle section, that would be great. God is so good and so worthy of our praise, our thanksgiving. He's been good to us. Can y'all say amen to that? Amen. He has been. And in his goodness, he then also then stirs us up to um, really be able to follow him with excitement, fervor for his glory to be revealed here in the earth. And so this morning, I just want to share, I'm not Brother Tracy, I am Contrell, Neil. So um, those of you that I haven't met, I'm glad that you're here. want to also just welcome our internet audience. Thank you guys for joining and being a part of discipleship this morning as well. Pastor's been stirring us up and talking about getting the mixture out, right? And in getting the mixture out, we're then able to be fully persuaded that one, Father God hears us that we're also able to fulfill the plans and purposes that he has for us. So this morning in discipleship class, we're going to talk about being disciples. All right? Um, If you'll turn in your Bibles to John 13, verse 34. And so if you guys can follow me, I have a lot of scriptures, so um, (laughs) we won't have to go to every one of them, but um, I will make reference to several. Father, we thank you so much this morning for the light of who you are being dawned on our heart and that your spirit has drawn us to be your followers. And I thank you that because your spirit is living on the inside of us this morning, that your word is alive and quick and that it is quickening us this morning to hear your word afresh and anew. Father, and I thank you that revelation pours out, that your wisdom and the keys that unlock are fulfilling your call that we answer that call with uh, excitement and passion to then see others being drawn to you, that your kingdom come, your will be done this morning in this service. And I thank you, Lord God, that the ears of the listeners will be anointed to hear your word, to hear your voice, and to be able to be the doers that you've desired for us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. John 13, 34, um, we're going to pick up there and just share just a little bit of some things that God has just been stirring in my heart. It says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. So again, 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Jacob also talked about the love of God and opened us and exhorted us to um, connect with the love of God. But in it, he has commanded us to give unto us and that we love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, and if you have love one for another. So this morning, I want to just look at what is a disciple. One of the definitions that I found was one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another, such as Christianity. There's lots of then followers, right? There's lots of doctrines. There's lots of um, beliefs that people follow and ascribe to, um, whether that be in medicine or whether that be in teaching or um, in my profession in counseling. There's lots of different philosophies and doctrines that people then follow. But a disciple is one that accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another. But another one is one of the 12 of the inner circle of Christ 
this followers according to the gospels and uh, gospel accounts. Another definition is um, one that's convinced um, to the adherent of a school or individual discipline. Um, so as the nouns, uh, the difference between a follower and a disciple, though, is that a follower is literally one who follows, right? Comes up after another. While a disciple is a person who learns from another, especially one that who then teaches the other. So in it, we are then followers of Christ and disciples of Christ, right? As a follower, there were many followers <laughs> of Jesus. Many came after him and um, some that came to just see the miracles because they heard the news and they were excited to kind of see what's going to happen. You know, so they were then followers of Jesus. <laughs> there were others that were spectators that were um, looking with the critical eye, looking to catch him doing something wrong, the naysayers. But then there were also those that then were touched by him and not only just followed him, but in that being touched by the ministry, the words that he preached, it brought life to them. And they then said, I want that. I want what he's been talking about. And at their need in their body then shifted and changed because they then believed on the word that he was preaching. So then they then became then disciples. So this morning, as a discipleship class, I want us to then be able to kind of think about our part, even in this part of the, the service. And I believe that pastor has really just kind of stirred us up that there's a prosperity for every meeting, right? And in there being a prosperity for every meeting, our faith has to be hooked up to then receive what the truth of the word is that's being preached, to then see that become alive in us. And so this morning won't be any different, that there will be a prosperity for this meeting. However, true disciples are those that have learned what the teacher has taught them, and they then teach others what they have learned. So you guys are of the select ones. <laughs> Amen. So in it, God has said that he, that we are the apple of his eye. And it's like, how can everybody be his favorite? But you are. And in, in us being his favorite, you then being select and called out that you accepted the call, one. And in his spirit drawing you, you then were uh, sensitive. You were then moved to accept that drawing of the spirit to then say, yes, I want, I recognize that I need a savior. And then re receiving salvation, then there became the life of God that we are then to live out. So in looking at the followers, uh, John 13 kind of gives us those verses there. That that new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. In us loving one another, that is one of the um, key points of being a disciple. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I do want to just um, make that little point there that in us loving one another will be a fruit that will show that his love and that we are his disciples. John 14, 15 says uh, in the message, says that if you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. I talk I will talk to the Father, and I will provide you another friend, a comforter, so that you will always have someone with you. This friend, the comforter, 
is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take him in because it does not have eyes to see him, doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he has been staying with, staying with you and will even be in you. I will not leave you orphan. I'm coming back in just a little while. While the world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I'm alive and you and you're about to come alive. And at the moment that you know the absolutely that I am in the Father, you are in me and I'm in you, the person who knows the, the commandments and keeps them, that's who loves me. And the person who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and make myself plain to him. In it, being able to then see that that is one of the indicative signs of a follower, a disciple of Christ, is that the love of God is then shed abroad in our heart, then becomes the part that we then are able to demonstrate here in the earth. Us being a, a, a doers of the word, hearing the commands, he gave a lot of this is to were commands. They weren't suggestions. They weren't things that he was then kind of do it if you want to. You know, uh, if you like this part, you can take it, you know, but in taking in the whole word, the word is then giving us a challenge to then come up a little bit because the world doesn't see him or know him, but we know him. And if we know him, then we can then share what we know about him. And so with um, the life that I think about when I was a, a kid and um, there was a lot of religious activity that I grew up in, um, church going, all of that. But when I say religious activity, there was a lot of pomp and circumstance. There was lots of church going without then the connection of the love of God, without a relationship of what that love of God produces in us to then be able to fully walk out and be salt and light in the earth. So in being able to be transformed by that love, then draw me to then kind of walk a closer walk with God in the sense of not just doing a religious formality, but out of the love of who he is. He's love, right? And him being love, in that love, he's then dawning on our hearts about how much he loves us and in that love that we are then free to love others. John 14, 23 in the message also says, um, drop down just a couple of verses there, because of the loveless world, Jesus said, is a sightless world. If anyone loves me, he will carefully keep my word and my father will love him. He will, he will will move right into the neighborhood. Not loving me means not keeping my words. The message that you are hearing isn't mine. It's the message of the Father who sent me. So then him moving in and us then abiding in the word, he says that that will then be one of the ways that we keep his words. We are his disciples. And as a disciple, we are then able to uh, get other disciples, get other believers to share and see that they are then also coming to the knowledge of that love that we have experienced so John 14, 25, the next verse says, I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The Holy Spirit 
whom the Father will send at my request will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things that I've told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. I'm leaving you well and whole. That leapt off the page for me. And being that Jesus said, I'm here only for a temporary while, and he was teaching them, and he was putting them in remembrance. They had already been students of the word, the Torah, you know, the the Pentateuch, all of the things. They had been students, but then Jesus came and was the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And in him doing that, he says, I'm not going to leave you because I've been teaching you and they've been drawing and they've been pulling. Brother Tracy has been teaching and, and being led by the Spirit to then teach us and grow us up. And we've been receiving the word, but the Holy Spirit came to abide in us. And in him coming, he says, I'm not leaving you orphan. I'm not leaving you without, but I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my part. That's my parting gift to you. Peace. Shalom. Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That's what he was then gifting us. That we not, I don't leave you the way that you used to, that you were used to being left, feeling abandoned or bereft. I like that word because I didn't know what it meant, like, in the sense. But I was like, it kind of sounds like bereaved. But then when I looked it up, it was like, bereft. Okay. That feeling of abandonment. And knowing that, I don't know if any of you have experienced that, but Jesus was then comforting his disciples to say, I'm not going to leave you or leave you by yourself, but I'm going to leave you well, whole, with peace. That peace is abiding force. And pastors really stirred us up and said that that peace is not passive, right? Peace is not passive. Peace isn't just that, okay, I'm going to just sit here very calmly and chill, but Peace is an active force that is is at work of an enemy conquered, right? So then in that peace being that the enemy's conquered, we can sit in our rested place, that place of rest, because we are not by ourselves. So don't be upset is what he says. (laughs) Don't be distraught. So in it, that means that the opposite of that is then to take courage, right? Be filled with joy, delight. And so in us delighting in, oh, we're taken care of. His love is abiding in us. Then those are some of the things that then come alive as to our taking our part as disciples with him. In us taking those part with him and him taking part with us, then we then also become lovers of the word. And loving the word uh, as a disciple we are then loving his teachings. Loving the word brings light to our day. It brings light to our walk. It brings light to our life. Uh, Psalms 119.105 says that thy word is a lamp to my feet. It is a light to my path. Proverbs 6.23 says the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light. And the reproofs of its instruction are the way of life. In us being doers of the word and loving the word, then it then becomes a part that we then don't go without. That the word of God is where we then spend and find our life source. It then sets the course for our 
our daily living. And in the world, in a society in which we live, there are so many different voices. There are so many different thoughts and ideas that then are, um, we're berated with, you know, that it's just an onslaught of different messages. If you're watching TV or watching the news or hearing those voices, then that can sway you in a number of different ways. But when we are lovers of the word, then we are lovers of the truth. And, and lovers of the truth, then we then have the word as our guide to then give us answers on how to live. With those answers, then we're able to then absolutely, actually walk in that absolute truth and not be swayed by every wind of doctrine. To not be swayed by others' opinions, which they are then saying so loudly that you then are quieted or silence, but the truth that we know is the truth that makes us free, right? That's, the, that's the, what the word says. It's the truth you know that makes us free. Again, just the, just the truth being a truth doesn't make, the, you, doesn't make you free, but when the revelation comes of what that truth does and what that truth means to me, then I can walk out the freedom because it's dawned in my heart and revelation came, light came, and I can walk out the, what that word is saying. So in it, when truth, when the truth of the word abides in our heart, that truth will make us free, free to live out our faith with boldness and confidence. When his word abides in us, we can ask what we will in his name, and it will be given to us because we then agree with him and his word. John 15, 4 says, abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. And if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Wherein is my Father glorified, (laughs) that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Ding, ding, ding. There's another part there that says that in us being doers of the word, in us being able to then be lovers of the word, then we're actually then taking the word in. When we take the word in, and it's not just mental assent, it's not just something that pastors preach, and it's not just something that we're hearing from week to week, but the, the word is then taking a root in us, then it sets the course for our, our marriages. It sets the course for our parenting. It sets the course for our business. It sets the course for our interactions with the world. And in that, he is then drawing us and wanting us to then abide in him. And Jesus is the word, right? He's the word made flesh. And he and the word are one. Uh, John 1.1 says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things that were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. So him being from the beginning the word, him then coming into flesh, coming in human form, was also the word personified, the word being fulfilled here in the earth. Then we also can see that if they are one, then we are one with him when we agree with the word. 
His spirit living on the inside of us makes us one with him. And as the word abides in us, Jesus said that to his disciples, if you have seen me, you've seen the father. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So the word is our anchor point. It helps us uh, individually to remove the mixture, but also corporately for us to say, to say the same thing. It's that it's that rudder. It's that guide. It's that being able to get us in unity to go in the same direction. And being able to then say the same thing of what the Spirit is saying, there's not a contradiction. There's not a contradiction of what the Spirit says to what the Word says, and they will agree. And when we agree with what the Spirit says and what the Word says, then guess what? We then are also able to operate in the same power, the wholeness that, that well life that Jesus was telling his disciples that they would have, that whole life is in that place that we can operate individually and corporately. It's his desire that we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers, right? So that is inclusive of us being well. Also, Hebrews 7.5 in the Amplified says, Therefore, if he is able to save to the utmost, that is completely, perfectly, Finally, and for all time and eternity, those who come to God through him, since he is, is always living to make petition to God and intercede with him and intervene for them. That's what Jesus is doing. He's ever ready to make intercession for us, right? Him being the word then also then helps us to then connect with what Jesus is praying to the Father, us being able to pray out the word, then we can know with confidence and know that God is hearing our prayer. And we're not then kind of wavering or wondering or wishing for an answer to come. And pastor's really been stirring us up to then get the mixture out of as to us walking in um, spirit of a sound mind, right? To get and get out the mixture of being fully persuaded that we have a covenant of healing. Okay, to get the mixture out, to then be able to say, I stand on the word and the word alone, that everything else will pass away, but his word will stand. So then in it, we're then not shifted or swayed by the things around us. As disciples, we lock in on it. We lock in on what his teachings are. We lock in on his voice. And when we are locked in, then we can boldly pursue his will here in the earth with confidence and assurance that he is with us. And if he's with us, then he's more what? Than the whole world against us. And so if there's nothing that can be against us, then why not go ahead and do all that he's placed on the inside of you to do? In the marketplace or through the ministry of, of helps or here, you are then salt and light here in the earth. And in us fulfilling our mandate, our call, then we are then to demonstrate his power. That the salvation, um, over in Romans, it says that we're not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Sozo, right? Sozo, wholeness. In us being saved, we have then been granted power to take dominion. It puts us back in the same authority in which Adam and Eve were created to take dominion here in the earth. And in taking dominion, we are not then sitting back on our haunches and looking for the government, man, 
or anyone else to give us permission to do what God has called us to do. And then you being able to connect with what God has called you to do, then you're then also seeing the fulfillment and fruit is then being added to you. Peace comes with that. Joy comes with that. There's a sense of purpose that I'm waking up this morning and the devil is scared because I got up. That's dominion. That's not then kind of saying, "Mm, let me check my body and see if I can do what God has called me to do today. It's not. It's not then looking to see what does this news say, what the weather's going to be, if I can then do what God has called me to do today. Okay? It's not. But in it, us being fully persuaded on the word of God, then we are then also able to run with patience the race that is set before us and not let anything trip us up, to not let anything move us out of the yes that he has already given us. Go for it. Go for it. He has placed each of us in the body to be one. And as one, then we are then energized and authorized to do the finger, to be the hand, to be the foot, to be that ankle or that knee. But in us being connected together to do our part, then we then agree with the word and the spirit. Being partakers of what he has then granted to us and him making intercession, he's then getting you the yes. And he says that greater works than I did, you'll do because I go to my father. He wants wants his father to be glorified. And him being glorified, we then moving and not asking for permission, but that we are accessing what has already been granted to us. He's glorified. The Father takes delight in that. Okay, so then in seeing that we have an intercessor that is then ever before Father God, making intercession to intervene for us, we can go ahead and do what God's called us to do. John 1, 5, 1 John 1, um, sorry, 1 John 5, verse 13 says, These things I have written unto you, that you believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you believe on the name of the Son of God, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have desired of him. Let me just share another little nugget of my personal walk. I often worried and wondered about, am I missing it? God, is this you or is this me? Um, I didn't so much give much press to the devil. And that wasn't like, you know, I really didn't worry about the devil telling me something wrong. I often really struggled with, God, is this me or is this you? And sometimes when we do that, then, again, it's coming back to what are we believing? Are we believing what we know or are we believing his truth? And when we come back to the word, then that then, again, sets, brings light to our day, our walk, and our life. 
And if we have light on a situation, then even our desires are then in sync with his desires because we are abiding in him. So then I didn't have to ask that question anymore. God, is this me or is this you? And in it being able to know that he, his spirit now lives in me, then when it was me, I could then kind of, mm, no, that's a little scratchy. That doesn't sit well and that doesn't bear witness. Um, and if you haven't read um, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God by Brother Hagen, that would be another great book for you to go and um, be able to separate out what's you, what's the voice of God, and what's the enemy. But because I've been made new, been connected with him, his spirit lives in me, then I'm always submitting my thoughts, my agenda, my desires to his. And in doing that, then if I'm praying the word, I'm praying his will, I can ask what I will and I'll receive it. Religion says, no, that's arrogant. (laughs) Religion says that that's self-serving. But the word says you could have it. That's dominion, right? That's going back to uh, living like Eden. That's garden, Eden, garden of Eden living. Because he said, I've given you everything you need. So then in asking, we then don't ask amiss because we then know that we're hearing and praying the will of God. When we are fully persuaded that his word is true and know what he says about the matter, then we can know our prayers are heard and that they will be answered. Again, then there's not praying amiss. There's then not hoping and wishing that our prayer is then being received. The next point I just want to just highlight and just keep you in remembrance of. None of this is new, but I hope that you're hearing with new ears of where, where God is calling us to then operate and live here in the earth of his kingdom coming and his will being done here in America, Australia, Germany, Africa, his will being done here in the earth. The key I the key indicator of Christ's disciples is the love that we have for one another. That mark of love is a full persuasion that we are loved by the one who is love, and then we can freely love others. That first verse that I read there said that a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. As we're then imitators of God, then Ephesians 5 says to be followers of God as dear children and walk in love. As Christ has also loved us and had given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior, then that is also the same way that we are to imitate his love here in the earth, that we then also demonstrate the same kind of love that was sacrificial, that was also offering or serving um, those that are around us. The other verse that um, just kind of came up in my heart about the love of God just being big on the inside of us and helping us to then love other people was John 15. And Chris, if you'll bring that one up, John 15, 9. And I'm going to read several verses out of that passage. 
As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. And if you continue and keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. And that your joy might be full. Go back to that one for just a second. The love of God then shed abroad in our hearts then gives us the access to then be able to love and touch people the same way Jesus did. And loving and touching people then the way that Jesus did is a one that is drawing others to then be free. The woman caught in adultery. She was then brought for accusation, but also to tempt Jesus to then be caught. And so they wanted to then just kind of blast her, but Jesus did something that was very different than what they were used to. The woman caught in adultery, he said that those of you that are without sin, your custom is you get to stone her. Go for it. You cast the first song. Those of you that are without sin. But in it, there was kind of, I imagine, jaws dropped, heads dropped, because they couldn't look and say, I haven't sinned. But with it, he didn't let her then stay there. They walked away. The accusers walked away because he, his profound love for this woman shut the religious mouths, shut the accusers' mouths. They walked away. But that woman then was then restored, and he said, go sin no more. Free, be free. He then forgave her of her sin, and she was then freed to then live a life that was pleasing. Revival started in that city. And us loving like Jesus loves, and we then don't see the sinner for their sin, but we see that loving individual that the Father loves, that he wants to see free. Then we then have the authority and the power to then share that love to see them walk whole and sin no more. And being able to have that kind of love then working and operating in us, then we're able to see the Father's joy remain in us. And that joy might be full. In the joy being full, then it then flows over and it then spills out onto others. And they then become um, excited. They then become intrigued by what's happened. What, what is different about you that I don't have? And that joy then becomes a, a hook point for others then being able to say, no one else has loved me like that. Wow. And there becomes then a freedom and a wholeness. 
This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. And if you do whatever I say, whatever I command you, henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what the Father does, what the Lord does. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known to you. We love the word, right? In loving the word, he's making known to us what the Father's heart is. Yet you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever I sh- you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. That's another one that just kind of keeps saying when we're connected and abiding in the word, when we have no mixture in us, then we can ask what we will and the father will give it. And the father will give it. And if he'll give it, then we'll see this church full. We'll see Texarkana impacted for the glory of God. We'll see the world reached by the love and the truth of his word working in us. When we are fully persuaded of his love, then we are also then free to not betray one another. We are then free to not fault find because of the love that works in us. Love eliminates the mixture. We can freely operate in our lane and do that that he's called us to do when we are certain of his love for us. He's already given us to go ahead. And his go ahead is far superior, kind of like I mentioned before, than any other dubbed authority that we might be looking or seeking approval from. If your father God has approved you, then guess what? Go do it. Matthew 28, 19, uh, 28, actually go up to 18. Um, This is my final verse. We are to then, as disciples, love his word. Right? We're to keep it. We're then to love one another. And then the third point that I just want to just highlight and we'll move is to make disciples. We are commissioned to make disciples. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. In that power that has been given to him in heaven and in earth, he was then giving them the keys to the kingdom, right? He was then giving them the authority and that same power to then come on them when they received the spirit. They were then told and given instruction to go up into the upper room, right, and to go and receive the Holy Spirit. We now have received the Holy Spirit, and in receiving his spirit, receiving salvation, it is, un, it is the power of God unto our salvation. So then we are able to then go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. 
teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the world. So be it. So be it. The so be it is then you getting a card that says Harvest TXK and being able to then share that with a neighbor. The card in itself is just a, a touch point to then let others know where to come. Of where to come. But in not just in where to come, but then also being able to share the good news of the gospel. The gospel has kind of been given a bad rap as of late. Because it's the traditions of men which make the word of God of no effect, right? The traditions of men. The gospel itself has not been tainted or changed. But the, the presentation, the representation has become very sensual, earthly, those kinds of things. So we then, as the true disciples of Christ, are to then demonstrate the power of God, to share the good news, and to demonstrate it in a way that our lives show the fruit. So we're free from sickness. We're free from poverty and lack. We're free from destruction. So in it, if we get fully persuaded and the mixture is out, then guess what? Others are then compelled. They are drawn. They are riveted by, how are you doing that in a pandemic? How are you living like that in a recession? How are you doing all of these things because we are then operating in the dubbed authority from heaven. And, and us then operating there gives us then the full liberty to glorify our Father. And if he's glorified, he then is delighted in his children succeeding and his children winning. Ms. Donna, if you'll come, I just want to just um, encourage us one more time, to just love him. If you guys will stand on your feet, I want you to take those in to then just see your part as a disciple. To fully see that if there's any mixture, we're getting that out. And the word brings instruction. It brings reproof. It brings correction of how then to live. And this morning, if we haven't been excited about soul winning, I hope that you will then see that your love for others will then be the dominion access point of his kingdom coming here in the earth. 